0: Everybody, welcome to another edition of RZ Weekly. RZ stands for Religious Zionist. The people people have asked me that question. If you didn't know, my name is Yeravain Spalter. I'm the uh, founder and director of Kita.org, an online Jewish learning initiative. I'm here with Rabbi Malie who's the head of Shana Bet program in MMY. That's Michlelet Mibaseret Yerushalayim, a clinical social worker. And Mali, any new initiatives this week? Something you wanna hawk? No. Hello. No, that's good. No, that's good. Okay, I love uh, with Rav Johnny Solomon. Rav Johnny Solomon teaches in many different places. He edits, he writes curriculums, and he is the head of the virtual Beit Midrash that everyone should go sign up for right now. Hello, Rav Johnny. Hi, how
1: are you doing?
0: <laughs> like you, know, I like say hello. You know, like nice. Okay, this week. Hi, hi. He says hi. I know you did <laughs> this week. We uh, we were we were uh, exposed to the magic of the interwebs to the joy that is Macher's Magazine. What is Macher's Magazine? Let me just read, uh, it's all, I'll read their tagline. It's all about the Kitsch Club. Savor content by top practitioners and editors with innovative products, hobbies, and consumptions. If you are enthralled by men's luxury and higher end products, Macher's has it all covered for you. Our features and articles are advanced and knowledgeable and a luscious experience. It's not really written very well, but Macher's is going to give you booze. It's going to give you bourbon. It's going to give you suits. It's going to give you cigars. Macher's magazine for the Frum Macher in all of us. So, of course, this was met with ridicule and derision across the interwebs as people fell all over themselves on Facebook posts to make fun of Macher's magazine. Sure, of course, that it's a Purim uh, spoof, an early Purim spoof. May very well be. Maybe Macher's magazine would never come out. But I wanted to, there's a good opportunity uh, as many in America are enjoying Yeshiva Week somewhere in Florida or on a ski slope somewhere to talk about the idea of like machers. I mean, I, I, I don't want to ride the machers thing because that's, that's just it's very, very, very cliche. But is it so bad that men want to have fine suits and drink nice wine and, and smoke a cigar here and there, enjoy a good bourbon as opposed to a bad bourbon? Is that Against the values of what it means to be a Frum Jew, to be a Macher, to like nice things, to have a, a good car. Molly, you're from Long Island. This is clearly a Long Island thing. Can you explain it to us and tell us, in your point of view, is it, a, is it, a, is it as bad as they're saying on Facebook or worse?
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> a great framing, Ruby. How you spot okay, you just meant this to insult the entire Five Towns. <laughs> That's okay. Fine. <laughs> that is that as bad? It report. is from Long Island, isn't
0: okay. it? Isn't it from the Five Towns? Does it? I mean, that's where. The, I don't know. I didn't that, see. see it. I didn't see where it's No, from. that is the that's the mailing address of Macher's Magazine. Yeah, it is. Oh, I think, okay. I'm pretty sure the publisher.
2: Okay. Yeah, All right. Why, so that's okay, why I, I have have said. A, that's what I said. Okay. I know. Actually, I, I have a bunch of things to say about this. Listen, Ekroni, uh, do I think that you're that there's a real issue here to be discussed about how we use materialism and our relationship to materialism? Of course, there is. Um, if those of you who are, as, as Ruby says, are, you know, following all the interwebs, there was a quote going around, I think it was rev uh, Tzvisanensky who put it up by Rev Lichtenstein on glatt kosher, glatt, he called it kosher hedonism, um, and he says, um, um, in the last decade or two, a whole culture has developed geared towards from Jews where the message is enjoy, 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 and everything has a hechsher and a super Heksher. um, and he says, uh, Consequently, there's been a certain debasement of values in which people have a concern for the mainusha of halacha, which of course one should be concerned about. Maybe just lower it's an important okay, question. Consequently, yeah. there, have been a, there has been a certain abasement. Of values in which people have a concern for the minutiae of halacha, which of course one should be concerned about, but with a complete lack of awareness of the extent to which the underlying message is so totally non-halachic and anti-halachic. So clearly, Ruf Lichtenstein is concerned about this the the larger issue of um, how Jewish values interplay with materialism and hedonism. And the truth is, this this is a larger issue, and um, I, I don't. I, I want to say right off the bat, because I, I do think that, like, we are seeing on the internet a lot of finger-pointing at communities, oh, it's the yeshivish community with their Macher magazine, oh, and in the past, it's been, oh, it's the modern orthodox community, because they try to, like, integrate um, the modern world with the religious world, and the truth is, there's, there's an article I read with my students every year called, Is Club Med Kosher, which was pr- printed, I think, in the 80s, um, and it was specifically about this issue from a modern orthodox perspective, meaning specifically it was it a was, it, it was, um, conversation between, um, um, I think David Singer was his name, and the rejoinder by Rebbe Shalom Karmi, um, and it was specifically coming from a modern Orthodox perspective. So I don't think this is an issue of any one community. I do think it's, it's a Jewish issue, and and I do think that um, that there is, there is what to think about in terms of Jewish values on this issue. And I think um, the way that I would frame it, in general, the way I would frame it is: it, this is something that Rabbi Carmi actually says in his article. He quotes Rabbi Lam. Rabbi Lam has an article on leisure, and Rabbi Lam talks about leisure from versus leisure to, right? And he says that um, the Jewish value is um, not meaning when you when you're looking to kind of explore the world of leisure. The Jewish the, the Jewish perspective is leisure to do what. Right. Why are you taking a break? And Rebecca Carmi actually asks and answers this question. Why would you go on a vacation to, you know, Club Med in that example? Right. To a, you know, a windswept uh, island. And he says there are plenty of good reasons that you might want to go on vacation. You might want to re- restore your energies. You might want to bond with your family. You might want some time to um, to, to to enjoy the beauties and the wonders of Hatshepsut's world. Right. There, there are many positive reasons why why you could be. Engaging in the world of leisure, and as long as you're thoughtful about it, uh, I think that that's okay. And I think the truth is that that's what I'm going to ultimately say. But I I just want to make one more point. But you're you're moving too fast because let's Uh, move it out. Of
0: course, I think nobody would argue that it's important to take a vacation. We're not talking about taking a vacation. We're talking about I need to take a vacation. Davka at the hotel that has the 800 thread count sheets as opposed to the 600 thread count sheets. So again. My answer. And and so so. Eight hundred thread count sheets are nicer than right. six hundred thread so count I am, sheets.
2: let all agree. I am moving kind of quickly, and I think the reason I'm moving kind of quickly is because my thought on this issue has actually evolved over time. Because I think that in the past I was very. First of all, I do think always that you that everything you do in your life has to be thoughtful, and as you're saying, if you can justify, I want the eight hundred thread. Um, thread count sheets, and you can explain to me why, and you can give me a logical reason for that, then I'm fine with it. The same as our conversations about movies and music and books, right? That There's a story about Rabbi Akiva giving stucca, right? And Rabbi Akiva says you give stucca to the person on the level that he was accustomed to, right? A man who had, um, you know, had been very wealthy and had somebody, you know, a, a, a uh, in in our language, it'd be a driver, and you know somebody right. He had a horse, and somebody running before him. So when you're giving him stucca, Rabbi Kiva gave that person back what he was accustomed, because people are accustomed to certain lifestyles, and maybe that's okay, right? But but one second, I, I have
0: to wait, say, I always had problems with that halacha. Okay, I don't so, so okay. So okay. Okay. what I want
2: to I want to just finish up my thought here, which is, so I think that it's incumbent upon every individual to do this chesed with oneself. And the other thing I want to say, which is really where I think I've moved, I think that when I was young and um, maybe more opinionated, um, I, I had much very strong feelings about this. And I think I was much more judgmental. And I think I, I I I was much quicker to kind of be outraged and horrified by certain things that I viewed as excessive in in, you know, in in our community. And as I get older, I'm I'm much more less judgmental than I used to be. And. Um, I I think that I've learned a couple of things. First of all, I I, I once heard this in the name of Rav Shechter, Rav Herschel Shechter, where he said, You shouldn't judge anybody at all. And that was very powerful Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And the other thing that was very powerful for me was, as I get older, I I think about my community that I come from, which... um, You know, is is a community that has, as you said before, I'm from the five towns, I'm from Long Island, is 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 definitely the like place where a lot of finger pointing is done. And I look at my community, or that community, right? And I'm, and the older I get, the more I appreciate so many wonderful things about the community, the chesed in the community, the caring in the community, uh, the genuine kindness in the community. And and I think to myself, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be so quick to judge other people. As, as I uh, somebody that I teach with an MMY has a sign on her wall it says um, don't don't judge people for their sins because everybody sins in their own way right so like when I think about this question I, I think that I'm moving very much back from the like judgmental finger pointing horror at this community horror at that community I, I I think that we should all think about this question for ourselves the same way I think we think about this question on all issues of, as Rabbi Lichtenstein says, right? Um, you know, the extent to which the underlying message is is halachic or not halachic, right? And I do think that that is a problem in communities where we tend to, you know, we can listen um, envy. I I have a laundry list of do's and don'ts, and that's what my halacha is, rather than thinking about what the spirit of the halacha is. And I think every person should think about how they what they think the spirit of Judaism is, and try to live according to that standard.
0: Johnny, thank you, Molly. I want to turn to you, and I'm going to frame my question to you in the context of a Dvar Torah that I heard recently on this week's parsha, parashat, parashat B'Shalach. We all know after B'nai Israel left the Yamsuf, uh, the Torah tells us that Vayasa Moshe B'nai Israel. B'nai uh that Moshe Rabbeinu Vayasa from the, I think, Rehifil or, or whatever, he forced them to leave. And Rashi says, why did Moshe Rabbeinu mm-hmm. have to force them to leave? Based on a very famous Midrash that says that the Egyptians... They would adorn their, their horses with gold and silver and jewels, and after the Yamsuf uh, you know swept up all of the Egyptian army, that these jewels and this gold uh, gathered at the, at the edge of the Yamsuf and the Jewish people ran down to the edge of the, you know ran down to the, to, the, to the edge of the beach, and they were preoccupied with collecting the gold and the silver and Moshe Rabbeinu said had to, had to force them and said you know, they were on their way to Har Sinai. And Moshe Rabbeinu had to like get them away from the gold and the silver and get them to Har Sinai. And so I, I recently, I was teaching this lesson with a group of students. And I, and I asked them, why, why couldn't they collect their gold and silver? And I assumed at some point they're going to finish collecting their gold and silver. And then Moshe Rabbeinu would say to them, take your gold and silver, and we're going to Har Sinai. Eventually, we're going to have to build a mishkan, which they did in the end, build the Beit HaMikdash will use that opulence, will use your newfound wealth. This is all a, it's a very interesting question, because it leads to the fundamental issue of, is materialism, does it in some way contradict spirituality? Meaning that the very the idea of being a macher and liking a fine brandy, is that, does that come at the expense of a person's connection to the or is there a happy medium where it can be used to elevate? And they're not necessarily contradictory, despite what the midrash seems to be telling us.
1: Okay, so actually it's just funny, when Mali was speaking, I jotted down the word jewelry, which I'll come back to in a second. And it's funny you mentioned that midrash about golden jewelry. I heard it from let's you, but you know I heard it from you. <laughs> <You're fair. laughs> um let's be clear, all of us are living a far cry from Papa Tochal. Meaning if we're really gonna measure ourselves for the most basic description of how a person could live. And as a, as a result of that, avoid any inter- interaction with or enjoyment of the material world. All of us fail. All, all, unfortunately, there still are people who are living, that is, you know, bread with, with uh, salt shall you eat and you sleep on the ground and just drink water, etc. Uh, and that should suffice. But most people I know aren't living that way. So really, it's important to know that We're now discussing the question by which, at what point do I look at another person who seems to live a more opulent material life and I say, that's just too far, when reality is, ultimately, I could also be far too far as well. And to answer, let me briefly mention uh, a thing about jewelry. I may have mentioned before that my father is a jeweler and I grew up a lot around jewelry that he designed and made uh, and used to help him quite a bit. Which means, as a youngster, I'd sometimes hold and and, and show a piece of jewelry worth $50,000. And what's fascinating is you can have two pieces of jewellery worth exactly the same amount. And one is opulent and gross, and one is modest and beautiful. It's not to do with what one costs. They can both have cost exactly the same amount. But one is showy by default. And one isn't deliberately showy happens to be though that in order to produce this piece of jewelry that's how much it costs and it can be worn in a manner which is becoming in a manner which is still within reason modest and there are two lessons i think you can learn about jewelry number one is and i, I grew up around this how all jewelry is made is often in very very dirty workshops you know you sometimes you see the shiny product you forget how all these pieces are made in in Maki and Dirk, workshops where people are, uh, have got black fingers and are working with the metal, with the gems. And a lot of people who may well be blessed with money, they work very hard. And, and it's important to know this isn't just a windfall. People work hard. And if they work and they've reaped results, then good on them. The notion that somehow we object to people being wealthy is absurd. We say with wealth comes responsibilities. But the very fact that you've worked and you've earned shkoyach to you and a lot of people who do well give a lot and we are all the beneficiaries of that. But number two, not only do you learn from jewellery, they often comes through a lot of graft, a lot of grit, a lot of effort. But you can wear it in one way and be basically obscenely gross and, uh, and opulent. You can wear it in another way and be appropriate now taking that back to your point and i'll finish off in just a few moments because i'd love to hear your thoughts i yeah, actually i really love that
0: point i find that very like very
1: very meaningful and i had not thought, so, thought about it that way but uh. so so Torah tells us about uh a ben sore amore zolel you know he's gluttonous he drinks too much and famously the Ramban says in his commentary on kedoshim to you it's not just a question of quantity which it is and actually, truth be told, much of the Jewish world, by the way, eats too much and drinks too much and is too involved in materialism. All of us, as I say, aren't living part of the But it's a question of, do, are we aware of the aspiration for Kedushah? Or is this the Abodah Zarah? Is this the thing that we're working towards? I mean, is this what we're talking about? Is this what we're pursuing? Or is it something that may exist in the backdrop of our lives, be it jewelry, be it home, be it car, whatever else? Uh, and if that's a the case then then kachaze, because there's always going to be something with more but what i would say in response to rav lichtenstein's point and we you know we spoke about rav henkin not too long ago he had he also wrote a beautiful essay called it may be Glat tra la 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 in which he said glatt describes the kashra of a piece of food mahadrin describes the behavior he says, there are foods in certain simchas which may be glad, but the behavior of those simchas are often rarely mahadrin. Mahader means to try and beautify yourself and make yourself better, and make yourself a better Ever Hashem. I think all of us need to try and be better of the Hashem. That means keep God and the Torah and the mitzvot as a focus of our lives. But if I'm able to travel further because I have a better quality car and I can help other people, or if I'm able with the money that I have to support community endeavors, I'm able to feed people who don't have food or give them clothes. Then, then that's a beautiful thing. So I think it's a question of, are you zolel v'soveh with what you have? Have you forgotten the notion of being kadosh? Have you forgotten your purpose, the, the reason why you've been blessed? Or are you harnessing the gifts that you've been given such that you can better the world and you don't wear them in that kind of grossly over-ostentatious way? they're on you, they're part of who you are, and that's just fine.
0: I want to sort of uh, push back a little bit. I obviously, I, I was coming to Mali beforehand, and I, I agree, I just don't think that being a macher is the worst thing in the world, and wanting to have a good, you know, we're, we're all snobby in our own ways, and it's really easy to cast aspersions on other people. But I'm struck by the idea that all of us, living in the society we live in, we are how, to what degree we are bombarded by the by by consumerism and by advertising and by media and by an environment that pushes us to want to consume just an, an ever increasing amount of materialism and it's something that we're all we're all subject to you know like uh, so i like watching football and that's really the only ads that we ever see my kids like watching the ads because it's always either a phone or a car, or a beer, or fast food. But it, like the way that it's presented, that you have to buy the newest phone, you have to buy the, the best headphones, you have to buy you know, a beer, you just have to eat, eat a lot of food. You know what I'm saying? You have to have the nicest car. It's something that I think we don't understand to what degree it has an influence on our attitudes about the rest of our lives. That's something that's just so all pervasive in any media, you know. Even if you're like, I, I own, the only media I get is bishet. I really get all the time is Besheva and uh, you know, and Shon, or the alone shabbat. And I was I was pointing this out to somebody else. There's still all of those advertisements there. The advertisements are the same style, but it's just going to be for my for my community, you know. So in my community, what's the opulence? Go to China for 20 days. You know what I'm saying? You could go to like there. The, there are just advertisements for all the same things. You know, don't just have a simple wedding, have an opulent wedding. You you know, it's not, why should it be, it's your day? You're not going to have like, whatever. I think this idea of consumerism is something that we need to be aware of because it's something that is so seeped into the just nature of our being that we forget to what degree it influences us to make me want the new iPhone when my iPhone is perfectly good. Why do I want that? Like me, why do I want the next phone you know When my phone is working, and what is that saying about, what is that doing to my religious persona? And I think it's, I don't even know if there's a way. I mean, maybe Johnny and Molly will respond. I don't know if there's a, how, how we're supposed to combat that in the world in which we live. I personally, like, I watch YouTube videos, and I, I love watching Top Chef. I just think it's fun. And there's a, there are videos, there's a video channel of this guy that makes these cooking video channels. And in some ways, it's made me, you know, more attentive to the kinds of foods that I like to eat, and I like eating more flavorful things, and I, I, I actually cook a little bit differently. But at the same time, you know, like we become so attuned that we no longer like the plain food, like, you know, we're now it's got to, unless it's like a gourmet thing, then I don't know, I don't really want to eat it. So I think there's a, like, obviously, we talk about balance, but to me, it's also a question of awareness. To what degree do the messages that we're bombarded with nowadays, have they seeped into
1: our psyche, and and how is that affecting us, Johnny? You wanted to respond. So, you know, every every motzei shabbat at the end of Shabbat we say havdalah, ben and we live in a world where there's six days of chol, at least in terms of the way we describe it. One day of kodesh, obviously we try and bring dusha in every day of chol. But the message of Habdalah is to know what you're looking at. Are you looking at kodesh or are you looking at chol? What I object to, and I'm anti-Alonei Shabbat, and I've said before, really I'm anti them because what they do is they give what is often very just chol, it's just vacations and other things, a veneer of kadosh because they've been put in one of the Alonei Shabbat or similarly in some jewish magazines there can be something which is grossly materialistic again think about the jewelry not the modest one See, the one which is all it's what's interesting right? to me i remember i just it for a second and everything yeah
0: when i was in america and they still have this today they have this phenomenon called chinese auctions so the way chinese auctions work is you you buy tickets but they they have these catalogs that they send to you and the catalog is like Ten thousand dollars for towards a towards a wig and this kind you know they're all usually Haredi places or this this jewelry you can have this or you can have that, and I remember once they did it for the liquid Kollel, and then they and the liquid the liquid Yeshiva rescinded it, because they said and I really gave them credit for this I don't know if they still do this but they said this is not this is not a reflection of the, of our values, because what does it mean to us as a Torah institution if we're raising money by instilling in people a desire for more stuff. And I had Right. A lot so of my for my that. point
1: is that there is a world of chol, right? There is online stores. There are big, attractive uh, shopping malls, and we know, and we know those places exist, and we all frequent them because sometimes we you know to need to go to a mall. We need to go shopping, and that's fine. But I know that that's what it is. That's a space. Or that's a what I object to is when we put a false veneer of materialism by by placing it within, for example, you mentioned these these events with this Macher's uh, magazine, which I didn't see, I can't really comment on. But from what you described, uh, it suggests that what would be perhaps a, a secondary thing to do, uh, and, and some of those things, by the way, I think are highly questionable anyway, but nevertheless, even were it to be a secondary thing to do, once they've made it into the Ica. See, I find that to be distasteful, and I'm not pointing to people I have no idea who's involved, but... You're trying to make something which is whole. It has its own place and that's fine. But you're trying to make it k- Kodesh. If this is supposed to be a celebration of, in this case, brotherhood in, in guys going out or sisterhood, g- girls doing things together or community. No, no, it's not. Fantastic. Johnny,
0: it's supposed to be a firm Esquire magazine. Some kind of, because from people because you know, I know read Esquire that. Because from people not read that magazine, magazine. And that's what it is. Watches and, you know, cologne and and tech so they said, the it's of,
1: so that can be, but then that's basically what you're saying is it's a magazine for materialism, which is printed by a Jewish organization. That's fine. That's, that's cute, but then that's Chow. Of course, a person yeah, should have that. And by the way, that's better, that's actually better than putting it in Mishpacha magazine and claiming that it's Kodesh. Right. So that's my, my issue is we need to, we need to be clear what things are. And that's why I object to the Alonai Shabbat having so many other things, because I say, if it's Torah, fine, if it's a magazine, fine, but don't pretend, yeah? Don't pretend that this is now Kadosh because you slipped it in between two pages and then said, well, it's part of a a Torah reading thing and thus is justified to be read in Shul. No, it takes away from Davening, it takes away from Kadosh HaMakim, moreover, it makes people think that that is an acceptable thing to do in that place at that time. Obviously, though, it's a very acceptable thing to do in the right place at the right time, as all of us do. We go shopping, we buy things, and and kachaze.
0: All right, before, I want to turn to Molly and ask her about this question of consumerism. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our spiritual sponsors.
1: Hi there, this is Rabbi Johnny Solomon, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my virtual learning community, as well as the opportunities I've now created for people to have sessions with me for spiritual coaching, for consultations, and for one-to-one learning. Have you ever faced a situation where you want to get some advice about your spiritual direction, religious choices you're making, and you're not quite sure who to turn to? Or perhaps there is somebody you'd like to talk with, but they simply haven't got the time. Or maybe you have a shaila, and rather than wanting a simple answer, you want to have a better understanding of the sugya of the issues involved. Over many years, people have turned to me for advice. And as a result of that, I've now created a virtual learning community, where I am, for many people, a virtual rabbi of sorts. People turn to me, and I make time so that I can hear from them, talk with them, help them grow, and give them guidance, direction, and understanding. To find out more, please visit my website, RabbiJohnnySolomon.com, where you can either book in for a standalone spiritual coaching, halachic consultation, or one-to-one session, or where you can join my VLC, my virtual learning community. Thank you.
0: Jewish studies teachers in schools around the world often struggle with the challenge of teaching students text skills. Decoding text, identifying shorashim, understanding word meaning, it's hard enough in English, but in Hebrew or Aramaic, it's a daunting task. But what if a Torah teacher had a learning tool that helped her engage her students with the chumash material before they even walked into class? What if there was a learning tool that allowed a rabbi to know which of his students had prepared the mishnah and what specific parts of the material they found challenging. And what if that tool was digital, online, and totally customizable, allowing a Murat to have complete control over what and how her students were learning? Now, Judaic teachers can stop asking what if, because we built that tool. It's called Kita. To learn more and get a head start on planning for the coming school year, visit kita.org today. That's kita.org. K-I-T-A-H, all right, and we're back. Molly, foodieism, <laughs> consumerism. I mean, I'm am I, I, somewhat of a foodie. I started. I actually started when I when I started watching these things. I started cooking with fresh herbs that you could get here in Israel. It's a big difference. I mean, like I like that stuff. I actually started, you know, cooking with hot peppers. Mm, and, I, and I'm an Ashkenazi, so maybe I'm, I don't know. <laughs> what do you say? Okay, what do you think? So it's funny
2: because, first of all, even before Johnny had started sp- speaking, I wrote myself a little note that says, Makadish um, So I want to talk about that. But before that, you know, Johnny had, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying that this is, Johnny, what you meant, but you had said, you know, none of us live the, shaltora, pat tochal, v-, you know, um, you,
1: we don't. We don't have Papa Melach tochal. on, if I go to your house, I presume. Yes, but what but, but I, I want to say is, is, is that, that brand I'm not. Tr- I
2: Meaning, yes, yes, we th- that that you know we all. I don't know if you guys know the song. I know the song. I think it was an old either Purim or Mayan boys choir. Um, you know, Ashrecha v'Tovlach, Ashrecha ba'lamaze v'Tovlach b'chalei I'm not convinced, though, that the only approach in Judaism is that the ideal is Papa Melech Tochal, right? And that, okay, but none of us really live that way and it's really pity of it, right? I remember learning the Rambam that a Navi has to have a certain amount of stature and a certain amount of wealth. And we know that a Talmud Chacham has to present himself mm-hmm. properly in a certain way. So, you know, I just want to say that, like...
0: I, well, I, I just want to... Inter- I always understood it to mean The Da'akosh of Torah means if you really want to immerse yourself to the point to acquire Torah...
2: Right, you have spend to spend a few years toko. in Velizhan lying in the straw, because, and, and, and that's yeah, how you because
0: learn. <laughs> because otherwise, Correct. and I think it's true if if you're in yeshiva and you're really more concerned with uh, right. the you know the taste of the challent on Shabbos, and you know maybe you're not the you're not Shiva material, <laughs> right. okay.
2: which is fine. my oh, right. point, I think that, point yeah. though is that that I, there's no I, there isn't an ideal of asceticism necessarily, not even I would even say necessarily. I don't think that's the mainstream ideal in Judaism. Um, I think that the I think it's fair to say that the mainstream ideal in Judaism, as Johnny said, in in, in all, it's not just modern orthodoxy. I think you you have it in Hasidut and I think you have it everywhere, essentially. Um, I think it's very Jewish. Is this idea of to be mekadesh the chol, to elevate the chol. Right? Again, Rav Salvatric talks about this all the time, that we are not Greeks. We do not celebrate the body and the soul and say soul good, body bad. We say phys- the physical... Um, reality is there to be elevated. Now, it's also true that if you don't elevate it, and 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 this again, I this I, this I think Rav Cook kind of expresses beautifully. If you don't elevate the chol, it, it becomes tuma. It's not neutral. Chol is not a neutral substance. Chol can either be used to elevate. If it's not used to elevate, it it, it actually degenerates into something I'd say unhealthy. And the answer so the question then becomes, so then how, how do you live a life in which you are elevating the whole? And I think that, that I think Johnny said a few things that are that are very helpful. First of all, I think this, the, the, the fundamental point, you know, the way Johnny said it was, you know, is it is it for the ostentatiousness or is it for a different purpose? And the way I think about this is is really about purpose. Right. Meaning you said, you said about consumerism, right? Consumerism is everywhere, and it seeps into us, and we're always, you know, we're so influenced by it. I would say to you that's true of a lot of Western values that are not um, endemic to Judaism. Sexuality, for sure, right? It's another example. So, as you said, the answer has to be obviously awareness. See, but it's
0: interesting, interesting. Religious societies have found a way to theoretically insulate themselves from, the value, from negative sexuality. They think they have. They think they have. Think they have. they haven't
2: really. They think they Where, have.
0: Well, and I opened Besheva magazine, I'm not going... I'll see pictures of women, but I'm not going to see explicit pictures of women.
2: Okay, but if you, again, when I if magazine, you talk to my... The same
0: consumerism... Yes, but if you talk to my students and you
2: try to get a sense of what they think at this point healthy sexuality is, they have uh, no. I mean, they it, they're they're, they're very I'm, no. But I'm, I'm saying they're, they're, they're much they're. more influenced by the culture than you think they are. But I think that what what Johnny said and what you're kind of saying right now, which is a point that's well taken, is don't pretend it's what it isn't. Right? That's what Johnny Johnny had said. Don't put a smack of veneer of like now we're from, so now we're, we're kosher. We're we're koshering something that's that's actually not kosher. And I think the the key to me is is really what's the purpose? Right? Meaning. It, it, in the question of happiness, right? If you pursue happiness, right? That's really what we're talking about. If you're pursuing pleasure, you're never actually going to achieve pleasure and um, you're just going to end up in a gluttonous chase after more a more pleasurable experience and a more pleasurable experience and a more pleasurable experience. That's true, true of consumerism and all of these other areas, right? That, that's not a healthy... I don't think that's a Jewish approach. The Jewish approach is you pursue meaning. If you pursue meaning, happiness becomes a byproduct. Right? If you pursue a meaningful life uh, because you have meaningful values, you end up creating on the way happiness. And I think that, that should be the approach. What, am, what is my ikar and what is my tafel? As Johnny said, right? If, if I'm...
0: Molly, M- I respect all that, but then saying that, then meaning has is totally divorced from pleasure. No. Totally divorced no, from... No, that's not what I'm yeah. saying at all. As I said... Meaning if I can only... Listen, if no. I can only have... If I only, if I only enjoy... Ruby, my, my, I will ask My, my you. l'chaim... Finally, joined my lechem with, with you know with fifteen year old uh, Scotch that's one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle, because I really don't like the hundred dollar okay. bottle because I don't I just don't right. I, and my, my palate has come to such a degree. Okay. Then, then like, what does that say about about? where I am spiritually, if you need that in order, or you appreciate that. Again, I'm
2: not going to start judging how this, how this guy's palate got that way. But if somebody saves their 150, whatever you just said, scotch, and they have a l'chaim. When do they have a l'chaim? They have a l'chaim on Shabbos. They have a l'chaim to celebrate a simchat. They simchat. Meaning, again, there's nothing wrong with pursuing pleasure if it's within a larger system where your life is geared towards meaning. And I really think that that is achievable. Mm. And by the way, The idea of also just resting and taking a break and enjoying, right, this is one of my favorite stories, which is, again, it's a Rav Lichtenstein, Rav story. I don't know if it's true, so it can be apocryphal. They were on vacation once, and Rav Lichtenstein was learning, and Rav was reading maybe a newspaper, and Rav Soloveitchik looked at Rav Lichtenstein, and he says, if you eat all the time, when do you digest, right? And I tell it to my students all the time, because there's something very powerful in that, which says... Sometimes leisure, for the sake of leisure, is valuable too. That's also a gift that God gave us in this world. So I, I think as long as your orientation is an orientation of, of thoughtfulness and of of of. of, of of conscious awareness of why you're doing what you're doing. And yes, it's a very high bar. I'm asking people to always be thoughtful about their choices, but you know, you, you just said it like you're a foodie because you like it. It gives you pleasure. It makes you happy. You, you like the taste of it. Great. I think, you know, God will be like, wonderful. I'm so happy you enjoyed my food. If you end up, you know, um, as, as Johnny said, Zolel the and, 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 you know, you have no time to pursue anything else because, because you become mamish and Epicuread. How you pronounce it? Epicuread, right? Where all you're doing is eating for the for the sake of eating, something's gone wrong. But if you're able to have the proper balance, the proper proportion, appreciate it in its place, able to answer me thoughtfully, Ruby, tell me why you're a foodie, and you can answer that. Oh,
0: Knob Creek. No, anybody listening? Knob Creek. If you like bourbon, so okay. good. But I have a shop this morning.
2: Sater. So so that I, I, so great. <laughs> so why is that bad? You're having a shop this morning. Again, if you spent your... No, I don't think it's... I actually don't think it's if that. If you're doing I'm saying it it's dangerous. as a kid, I'm it's, saying it's, 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 it's all dangerous. Every, right. Life is dangerous. Right. right? Everything, all of... Living is dangerous. If you're going to interact with the world, it's going to be dangerous. So let's sit and we'll put up walls around ourselves we won't interact with the world. That has its own dangers, as you well know. Right? Cutting yourself off has its own dangers. So... You know, be be a human being, have a backbone, live your life. That's what you're here for. Johnny. And you know, yeah.
1: so I was going to say, I don't know if you're going to be able to guess what I'm about to add. This is why I'm so obsessed by the Shechiana brocha and why I'm so upset as to how it's been left by the wayside. You see, it's been Shekhiyana, ritualized
0: and devoid of all meaning. That's what it's been done, like most of our religiosity. No, sadly, oh, I'm so saying. Oh, so great.
1: Say, say one sentence once it's taken me 300 pages to say. Anyway, <laughs> you're right. That's the point. And so the problem, what was Shekharata? Johnny, when's the book coming when, out already? No, I need to finish it. So it was. it's when you're at the most you know, joyful moment of sunk material, you say, I remember it to your Now, what you do, exactly what Mali said is, at that moment you sanctify the material. Now, unfortunately, and this is, I can track this, I've demonstrated it, is that the, because what's evolved is a certain discomfort with materialism as reflected by or vice versa the lack of recitation of sheikh there'll be rabbonim who say i don't say bracha on some material Chas it's material and in so doing what you relegate are two wo- worlds which are unable to to meet uh, at a point of um, at a point of a spiritual union of course, there are things which are material and you can choose for them not to have any spiritual quality necessarily. The power of Shechian is saying is there's lots of things that are material that we can lift and we should. And once we do that, the mall is a place where we praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we don't think that it's just lichvodi; It's just for me, it's just for me to show off to my neighbor, just for me to show off to my community. I say this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has blessed me with. How can I now use it to be a good servant of God? I have a friend, Jen, this is absolutely true. I used to work with a woman, a, a fantastic teacher, and her husband used to fix cars. And outside their house, they had a regular car and they had a Rolls Royce. And I'd say, like, what? why do you have a Rolls Royce? And he'd say the following. He'd say, I, I would drive my regular car. But when a Rebbe comes to town, they live in London, I, I, I have a Rolls Royce to drive him around. I thought it was such a beautiful thing. He hasn't tried yeah, this. That's, car for that's pretty rare for the Rolls Royce owners, and it's very nice. I, but very I, 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 prom- okay, I promise you, tr- and it, was, it was a lovely thing to hear. A person see he he was fixing this car up. He realized he could buy it and and use it for what he deemed to be pure, well kaidish as as much as is possible. And he felt that'd be a great way to channel something material. So that's really what our our task needs to be. I would also say one further thing which is, there are people who sometimes have seemingly a lot of uh, material gifts, but you don't know the whole story. As Mani said about, <speaking in Spanish> or there are things that you'll see in a window, in a picture, in real life or in social media, you don't see the other things. For example, you don't see the fact that the shoes I'm wearing, I've only got one pair of shoes, and I've worn them for three, four years. You don't see that. That's nice. But... But you, so you can make it a, a presumption about the socioeconomic quality of life of somebody from what you uh, necessarily perceive. But that's often a false representation of something which may well be much more difficult. A person's been lucky. So we should be very, very careful as to presume the values of somebody merely who has or to think that you know what they have because you see a snapshot of what they have. What we can say is, how one handles oneself with the blessings that they have in terms of recognizing the saying brachot sharing the blessings that they have that's the measure of a person who sees god's hand in their
0: life i would conclude i agree with everything everything you said but i think there also needs to be a little bit more sensitivity moving forward god when we talk about it we're in the middle of covid and as covid um, recedes and we return to communal life especially in Chutz La'aretz, the, the, the semi-competition or the need to live up to the expectations or the standards um, that, are, that are practiced in the smachot that people have and the way they entertain and the, and the, the standards that they seem to think they need to, to start to stand up to in some communities. I think, it, I think it's one thing to say, this is the way I enjoy my life. And of course, you don't expect, you don't mean to, for people to have to have to do what you do, but they feel that way. And the pressure is there. And there, there needs to be, I think people need to have a sense of awareness about it. And I, I would compare it to what Johnny said. Look, the jewelry that you buy, is it something that, if it's something that gives you pleasure, you have a way of enjoying it without being ostentatious. And maybe when you make the kiddush for the shul, the kiddush for the shul should be the simple kiddush. And then when your guests stay for the meal, then you can have the fancy caviar or whatever it is that you want. That there's a certain sensitivity and expectation of other people that, that and I think Hazal sort of had this. You know, you see this in when Hazal decided, they taught us about how people had how weddings and funerals were done in the time of the Gemara. Mm-hmm. I think that that what they said was there's a standard. And then when if you want to enjoy your personal thing, I think that's something that as a community we need to start thinking about. About having community standards in the size of Smachot, the opulence of Smachot. And, and then when you have something on the private level, your own personal jewelry, that's something that you want to go on vacation, and you want to have something fancy and something beautiful, that's, an entire, that's something else entirely. And, and this push and pull between community pressure and consumerism is something that is very, very challenging for people of lesser means, and can make life very difficult for them, for their children, for their families. And I think that's something that people should be aware of at the same time. all right. Um, Mali, do you want to add something? or we, 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 I, I'm, I said my piece. Yeah.
1: John, do you want to add something? I, I think, you know, we, we, uh, in Bechelko, you should know that uh, just last week there was a headlines podcast talking about a, a similar uh, issue, especially in relation to their last point. And they said two things. Number one, it's a beautiful thing if those who have can uh, be sensitive to those around them who have less. But nevertheless, we also have a responsibility of being at peace with what we have and of living within our means. That's something which each of us have to train ourselves to do, immaterial of what somebody else does or doesn't do in my uh, line of sight. And so, yes, it's good to have standards. I know a lot of communities have tried, some successfully, mostly not. But nevertheless, what I do know is a lot of people push themselves beyond their means because they feel they have to but nobody's telling them to mm. nobody's insisting that they do and that and, and we need to remind ourselves and this really does come from the media that self-worth isn't measured by what you have you know as it happened a few months ago it's ironic in the corner uh, of the road where i live a new family moved in and they have a Porsche they have a fancy Porsche it's not really quite reflective of Evan wealth for anybody who's been there before I, I my car broke down and died and my uncle gave him gave me his like 2002 nissan so I you <laughs> when i drive this kind of clunky car every day out of my road and i see this Porsche, now i have two i could have i'm so jealous i could say good on them and embarking on i've got a car to drive it's really up to me what i think nobody's telling me to be jealous other than myself and of course the media that i choose to consume and we do need to take some responsibility of what we choose to tune into the messages we choose to hear because nobody's forcing me to make the bigger wedding necessarily. Um, I may feel a social pressure, but that's, I can also choose uh, to run away from social pressure. We teach kids, be aware of peer pressure. We need to teach adults the same thing.
0: All right, we'll wrap that up here. We'll conclude as we do each week with our Hamlet sot, Uh something that you saw, our culture that you want to recommend. Molly, what you got?
2: Okay, so I, I, I was inspired this week. Well, one is heavy, so I'm going to leave the heavy one for next week because Ruby, I know you, there are certain heavy Corona COVID topics you don't want to talk about, so I won't talk about that. Not, not this week. Yes, We're I will leave that one. So positive. instead, I will I will talk about uh, Miriam Peretz, who is a woman, uh, Israeli woman who is very well known in Israel. She lost two sons in the army. Um, and she's just an incredibly, incredibly inspiring woman. There, woman, there's talk now of like this like minor movement that they want her to be the next, you know, prime minister, of, not prime minister, sorry, president of Israel.
0: President. Not so minor. It's pretty yeah, dangerous. yeah.
2: yeah so and minor. the yeah. reason is because she she's a woman of of incredible inspiration and optimism. And and I saw uh, I'm just going to share this brief video. Not I won't share the video. I'm just going to share the message that she gave, because. Um, you know, I think we've all been struggling and, and, and we're all, it's it's hard to be optimistic and it's hard to be hopeful and we're all slogging through and she talked about Tu B'Shvat, which is this Thursday, um, and she said if you look at the trees on Tu B'Shvat, you know, maybe not the Shkadiah, but besides the Shkadiah, what you see when you look out the window are a bunch of dry, dead, gray trees. And this specifically now is when we celebrate um, Chagal Ilanot, we celebrate the, the rebirth of, of the trees and she says, yes, because what we're celebrating is the um, the beginning of the budding of the trees, right? It's that hope. She says inside that tree that on the outside looks dry and dead, that's there's there was a seed in there, the seed that needed to completely kind of rot away in order to to grow and to flourish. And so she believes that Tubishvat is the is the hag of hope. And I've been doing a lot of thought about hope. Um and I think that that my blatsa is. If anybody's interested, I can. I'll. I'll send, put a link to this video. But I think we could all you share it on your Facebook feed. Yeah, Molly you know, will share it on. I her will Facebook share it on my Finder. Facebook feed. I think that we should all be thinking about how to cultivate hope. Is not. Um, I think that hope is a. It is. It, it, it's a verb. It's not just an adjective that you either have or you don't have. Um, and I think it's. It's a trait that we can cultivate whether we are naturally more optimistic or naturally more pessimistic as i am and i think that uh, we should learn from Mary and that we should um we should work on on cultivating that especially in in times like this that's my amlotsan
1: arabjani you know i really, i wasn't sure i hadn't prepared I, I am i want to tell you two quick things number one as it happens i looked out uh, of the window today, and the sky was just stunning. <laughs> and uh, I just recently finished editing a book on Per Shira. And, and sometimes, when there's so little you can do to change things beyond your world, just looking at the world and taking comfort and inspiration from it is a really beautiful thing. And so, uh, I was just uplifted by the vista that i saw that's something quite different and i really didn't expect to get in this world i've mentioned before that i've been kind of trying to professionalize this thing called spiritual coaching but uh, over the past few weeks a few people uh, uh, young men have turned to me and they said do you do date coaching people are looking for a shit i said I, not necessarily but me- maybe i can help you and i've had conversation with a number of of single men who've struggled to find uh, their life partner and trying to give them some tips really very very practical tips and these have actually been very humbling conversations because i realized you know in an hour when i could be working or learning or doing something i'm trying to build somebody up and and it actually may well make a difference to the confidence they have the next time they go on a date because they've been on quite a few and been knocked down because perhaps they need a little bit of sharpening of life skills and i'm not saying this for my schwach because it may well be what i've said is just dumb but what I do know is sometimes a little bit of time helping somebody uh, to enter the next chapter of their life is a very beautiful thing. And if you're stuck at home, even if you're not stuck at home and somebody turns to you and says, can you help me for a little bit of time on, on, on an area where you may be able to add some value? Do it. Do it not just because it will add value to your life, but you may well add value to theirs. And I found it to be very, very fulfilling. Thank you. I just want to share briefly, I, I came across, I'm not sure, I saw it, somebody shared
0: it, maybe Johnny, I don't know. Somebody shared it, there was an article on, uh, that was on Khan, about an organization called Food Rescuers Jerusalem, Matsilot Amazon Yerushalayim, this woman, Daniela, she she went to the shuk and she realized that there's, the, there's like this middleman, like around, somewhere near the shuk, I don't know where it is, there's this whole market of suppliers that supply food, and they throw away literally tons and tons of food every day that didn't, didn't get didn't get bought, the produce that didn't get bought. And over time, she developed relationships with all of them. And basically, she gets their food that they can't throw away. And she has a network of people to give it away. And I think when we're talking about consumption, conspicuous consumption, there's a whole beautiful network. There's an organization called Leket Yisrael in Israel that, that does mm-hmm. this. There's a, there's a guy in Yad Bin Yamin who does this. There's a network of people mm-hmm. of chesed in Israel and even in America of food kitchens who do this kind of work? Who simply take the waste of other of others that people would just throw away because it doesn't look perfect, and uh, and uh, and shares it with people in need, people that that are hungry, people that don't have what to what to eat. And I think that if if we should all you know, especially if we're enjoying our conspicuous consumption, which we should, and you know, in the right way, we should also recognize that there are those people. Those are the daka that I really love to contribute to. So I'm going to make a I- believe net or commitment I- to take a note of this organization, Food Uesu Mazon. Share, I shared it on my Facebook feed and uh, try to help them a little bit to help other people. Johnny, you wanted to add something?
1: Can I just add one more thing, which is those are beautiful organizations and I, I support them actively and vocally as well. I should add one thing because I, I mentioned it yesterday. It's a Rambam that I often turn to. The Rambam, making reference to the story of Kain and Hevel, says when you give clothes to the naked and you give food to the hungry and do chesed you should give kol chaylev so giving what's left over is a beautiful thing and you should so please note i'm not in any which way diminishing it but you should also give the first of your things the bestest of your things and that's really the aspiration that's what the ramam pushes us to do kol chaylev so give of your best and give of what's left over that's really the overall ethic of giving stock and giving chesed so we shouldn't have leftovers we shouldn't waste things but we should also be thinking of those who are needy at the beginning when we go shopping and i know in many different countries even when you go shopping when you buy something brand new you can put it in a bin and that can go to those who are hungry not leftover not things which are you kind know, of towards their end of talk right but instead right then and there uh, and I think it's just worthwhile bearing in mind Kol Khaleb is a very important message that I try and live by.
0: Nice. So if, if you are the Porsche owner in Evan Shmuel that lives next door to Johnny, <laughs> oh I live in Yad Vinyamin, uh, Johnny needs a new car. Uh, no, oh,
1: he's all no, good. Okay. I, 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 can't, I, can't
0: we'll, <laughs> I can't. wait to see Johnny like zoom up to my house <laughs> in his new Porsche. He wouldn't know what to do with it. I'm I, would, honestly, I just I had that no image in my head. Idea. All right. Okay. We're, we'll stop here. My name is Jermaine Smaller. I'm here with the Robin. Jamal Bravski and Rav Sal, and thank you all very much for listening and thank my son, Pitakir Polta for our music that he eventually will improve and work on. Uh, if you have comments or questions, you know how to reach us. we are very available on the internet. Have a great weekend.